Hello, dear hearts, and welcome to episode five of the Center for Spiritual Renewal podcast. Today's episode features a teaching from the center, just a sample of some of the great work that happens at the center with workshops and Bible studies and meditations and retreats. This teaching episode features Reverend David Taylor giving us some lessons on how to read the Bible. It's one I've been excited about and looking forward to for some time. When I started the podcast, I was hoping that we could offer little tidbits of the teaching at the center to just give us something to digest on the road and possibly intrigue more people to check out the programs at the center. I also wanted to offer interviews with some of the wisdom leaders So wisdom from the teachings and wisdom from the teachers. And here we have our first wisdom from the teachings episode. And I couldn't be more excited. I trust you'll get lots out of it. Enjoy. Well, hello, I'm the Reverend David Taylor, uh, and I am the rector of the parish of St. Dunstan and the executive director of the St. Dunstan's Center for Spiritual Renewal. Thank you for spending some time with me today. I hope that this will encourage you, build your confidence in God's love for you, and I hope, in some small way, it will guide you into the beautiful presence of Christ, who I believe quite firmly is your friend, and the one who can help you in your day-to-day, night-to-night life. Today, I'm going to talk about how we read the Holy Scripture at the Parish of St. Dunstan's and at the Center for Spiritual Renewal. I will do this by explaining two of the practices we actively engage in while reading scripture, also by introducing you to the posture we take before the scriptures, a posture that appears in many of our parish and center ministries. And I also want to give you some insight into the purpose of our reading Holy Scripture. Why do it in the first place? So our our practice of reading scripture, our posture before it, and our purpose for reading it. So let's begin with our purpose. Of course, we read the Holy Scripture because it is Holy Scripture. We are Christians who have inherited a holy collection of writings by, from our spiritual ancestors. We, in our time in Christian history, have picked up the writings and we read them as the people before us did and as the people after us will. It is the Christian's responsibility to have their spiritual and theological imagination be infused, informed with the language, imagery, poetry, and narratives of Holy Scripture. Why? Well, two reasons, really. Because we believe that through Holy Scripture, through the reading and meditating on the words written in them, we can glimpse the Word of God. Through them, we can glimpse the image of the invisible God. Through them, we can see and understand our place and role in the world God has made. Through them, we can discover how God has come to help us, to save us from the human predicament, scarred by violence and fear and apathy. Our purpose in reading Holy Scripture is to look through them, to learn how God has created this world, how God has again and again brought healing to this world, and how God sustains this world. And then finally, how God becomes flesh in this world, in us, 
in our hands and our feet and in our voices, our words. When it comes to Holy Scripture, we look through them. Scriptures are kind of like a window through which we see the face of God. It's an icon. Through the ancient Hebrew prophets, we see God. Later, through the apostles, we see God. But above all else, through the incarnate Son of God, Jesus Christ, we see God. I can say it like this. In the Word of God, that is the Holy Scriptures, we see the Word of God, that is Jesus Christ. Our purpose is never to stop at the word, that's the lowercase w of scripture, but to use the word, the lowercase w of scripture, in order to contemplate the word, uppercase w, of God in Jesus. Does that make sense? Jesus is our primary purpose for reading scripture, the beautiful face of the image and likeness of God. Still, there's a second purpose for which we read Holy Scripture. Yes, we go through Scripture to gaze on the beautiful image of God in Jesus, but not just because Christ is captivating and wonderful, but because the future of the world depends upon our looking into the face of Jesus and seeing God's purpose and plan for this world and getting to work, participating with God, with Christ, and with the Spirit to bring about God's purpose and plan for this world. We read Holy Scripture so that we can become like the one we gaze upon and bring the same life he brings with the same spirit he brought it with in the name of the same creator he descended from. To sum up, our purpose for reading Holy Scripture at the Center for Spiritual Renewal is to become enraptured by the word of God, that is Jesus Christ, so that we become like him in our day-to-day, night-to-night lives. So this leads us into the posture of listening. The posture we take whenever we encounter scripture. At the parish and center, whenever we read a portion of scripture, the reader concludes by saying, listen for God's word. And then everyone responds, our hearts are open. Listen for God's word. Our hearts are open. Listening. Listening is our posture. Such a foundational spiritual posture that is so out of fashion. There are a lot of things to listen to in our lives. I mean, this podcast is one of millions that we can access to hear the voice and ideas of other human beings. But when I talk about the posture of listening, I don't mean the posture of taking in sound waves. You know, like putting your hand around your ears and leaning in. If that was the only case, if that was the case, only those with the sense of hearing would have access to this spiritual posture. One doesn't have to be able to take in auditory vibrations to be able to listen. No, no, listening is something else. Listening is more relational than that. In the Christian tradition, there's a deep connection between the listening that I want to get at here and the word obey. Listening is obedience. Obedience is listening. Now, If you're like me, you might get a little uncomfortable with the word obey. The idea of obedience has been used to maintain violent power dynamics between members of the human family. It has been used by some to justify inequality and injustice. It has been used to abuse people spiritually. I'm the king, you know, you must obey. I'm the slave owner, you must obey. I'm the priest, the pastor, the guru, you must obey. That is... You must do what I say or else. But that is not what listening or obedience is for. 
It is not a way to keep a power dynamic in place to protect those who have power from those without. No. Obedience is the mutual act of listening of one to the other. It is never one-sided, obedience. Obedience is multi-sided. True, spiritual, life-giving, future-of-the-world listening is when we take the time to submit to one another's wisdom, one another's perspective, one another's voice, to put ourselves into one another's shoes and ensure that each voice has an opportunity to speak, knowing that the hearts of the others present are open to listen for God's word. And not just to hear another voice, but to listen to understand, to be open to the Spirit of God in their words as they are open to the Spirit of God in our words, in your words. The posture of listening, to actively search for God's words in one another, guides our reading of Holy Scripture because it means that each person has something of value to contribute. No one has a corner on the market, so to speak, on the Word of God. We are all listening and therefore all full participants in reading and interpreting. Now, this is a vulnerable posture and there are potential threats to this posture. For instance, if someone enters the circle without this posture, they might take the opportunity to take over the conversation. And if that's the case, the facilitator in that circumstance can guide the group back to the posture of listening and invite the group into a time of silence and stillness. The posture of listening will always seek to resist the temptation to dominate, but will work to create space for everyone to have a voice. Another issue that might come up within the posture of listening is an interpretation or reading of scripture that is offensive to some, maybe due to the theological implication of the reading or even the language of the interpreter. While this is rare, it can be very disruptive to a time of listening in the group. When, when this happens, the facilitator might simply just say thank you and not pursue or argue it. I, I'll explain more why when we get into the practices we work on at the center and at the parish, which why don't we get into them now? There are two practices we work on at the parish and at the center whenever we read Holy Scripture. We practice other things too, and I would like to get into them some other time, but these are the primary practices we are trying to get better at. We are practicing. I encourage you to take these practices on in your spiritual life as well. They are the practice of wondering and the practice of awareness. So let's, let's look at the first, the practice of wondering. At the center, we employ an apparatus of wondering, which is borrowed from the children's Sunday school program called Godly Play. Godly play is a way for the stories in Holy Scripture and the stories in the wider Christian tradition to be shared in a circle using props, usually. The stories are enacted before the eyes of the children, and following the story, the storyteller invites the children into a time of wondering. And here are the godly play wonderings. I wonder what part of the story you like best. I wonder which part of the story is the most important. I wonder which part of the story you like the least. I wonder if there is a part of the story we could leave out and still have all of the story. 
I wonder which part of the story is most about you. Aren't those wonderful? They're amazing wonders from which we hear the Spirit of God from each of the children's mouths. If you don't know about Godly Play, you can find more information about it at godlyplayfoundation.org. It's a wonderful program, but particularly this approach of wondering, this practice of wondering. Now, when we at the center or at the parish gather to read Holy Scripture, we, we don't enact the stories, uh, if it's adults. We, we stick with the text. But afterward, we, we do enter into a time of wonder. These are the wonders we employ. I wonder what you especially like about this reading. I wonder what troubles you about this reading. I wonder where you are in this reading. I wonder what God is saying to us through this reading. It is wonderful to hear how the words of Holy Scripture connect in different ways to the different participants. Inevitably, each person has a new insight to offer, a new experience from their life to connect to the words. And often, we are given a glimpse into the heart of our neighbor, particularly as they share those things from the text that trouble them. I can't emphasize enough the importance of that wonder. I wonder what troubles you about this reading. Giving people an opportunity to share out loud in a safe place their own apprehension of certain themes, words, images in scripture is medicine for the soul. All too often we feel like we can't speak about those things that trouble us in the Bible, like predestination or hell, that story of Abraham sacrificing Isaac, Noah and the ark, judgment, sin. And instead of talking about how these things trouble us, we, we're forced to shove those things down, to, to ignore how we feel, even sometimes to repent how we feel, while never really addressing why we feel the way we do. This, is, this isn't spiritually healthy. We must, if we want to be authentic, be open to the word of God, we must be willing to speak out loud those things that trouble us, to confess them, to confess them. That is, to speak them out loud. By doing so, we find healing and a way forward. So the second practice we work on at the center is the practice of awareness. Each fall, when we gather anew to study scripture, we go through a process of learning our interpretive lenses, interpretive lenses. That is, becoming aware once again, or for the first time perhaps, those glasses, those lenses we wear that inform how we read and interpret scripture. So I was at a lecture once led by a rabbi who asked the audience whether scripture says anything. We all nodded enthusiastically, yes, of course scripture says something. The rabbi then held up his copy of the scriptures and put a microphone in front of it. And then he stopped talking. Of course, there was silence. His point was well taken. Scripture only speaks when we give it voice. It speaks through us, which means it is always filtered through our own experiences, history, spirituality, philosophy, injuries, motivations, goals, so forth. At the parish and at the center, instead of saying scripture says, you know, blah, 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 or the Bible says, I try to say, 
in scripture we read, in scripture we read, I think this is important. We all bring lenses to scripture through which we read. Lenses, as I mentioned already, of our life's experiences, our injuries, our preconceptions, and the like. This, this isn't a bad thing. It's just a real thing, a fact, so to speak. The real thing, though, has very practical implications, and this is the major one. What we bring to Scripture will have a direct relation to the interpretation we glean from Scripture, or to use the metaphor of the lens. The lens through which we read Scripture will inform what our eyes, what our heart, what our minds are taking from Scripture. For instance, if I believe that God is angry at me and at this world, and that God wants to destroy this world, I will read scripture and find evidence of that belief. Conversely, if I believe or look through the lens that God loves me and this world and has a great future for this world, I will read the very same scripture and find evidence of that belief. If I believe that God does not want women in leadership, if that's my lens through which I read scripture, then I will read scripture and discover evidence of my belief. If I believe that God desires women in leadership and empowers them, I will read the very same scripture and find evidence to support me. Here's another. If I believe that LGBTQ plus people are fundamentally flawed and have no place in the kingdom of God, I will find evidence through my lens of that belief in scripture. If, conversely, or however, I believe that God made LGBTQ plus people and includes them in God's plan for the world and has a great future for them in God's kingdom, I will read the very same scripture and find evidence to support me. This has happened throughout history. <laughs> we see this in the, uh, in the affirmation that God condones slavery and then also in the conclusion that God does not support slavery. Two different lenses, two different conclusions, the same scripture. Does this mean scripture can be taken and used for whatever means a person wants? Well, yeah, it can. And it's so often used in this way. But when we deliberately practice awareness, we humble ourselves before God and admit our own limitedness. And then going back to the purpose of reading scripture I spoke about before, we can then take our limitedness and gaze through scripture to discover the word of God, capital W, in the word of God, lowercase w. It is imperative that the reader of scripture become familiar with their own lenses. Why? Because it will keep us from being stuck in our own fundamentalisms, our or being overwhelmed by our own limitedness. Instead, we become humble and become aware of both ourselves and the others around us who read with different lenses. The practice of awareness is for two reasons. First, to learn about yourself and the needs of your own heart. And second, to be able to make room for other people with a generous understanding that they have different unique lenses through which they read and understand as well. I learned this practice from my Hebrew scripture professor, the Reverend Patricia Dutcher Walls, and I am forever grateful. And so I'd like to share with you three lenses I am aware that I wear 
I'm sure I have more. I'm sure I will take on more as I continue to live this life. I'm sure I will drop some. I'm sure that I'm not completely aware of all my lenses. But here are three. First, I read scripture through the lens that God loves me, that God loves you, that God loves this whole world. Not only so, but God has a great future for this world and invites us to share in this future, even to help God bring this future about. Whenever I read scripture, I read with the lens of God's deep love for everything that is. That's my primary lens. A second lens I have, one that I've become aware of, is that I am very confident in the belief that anyone can read and understand scripture. Scripture isn't just understood by the elite or the learned. There are no secret codes in Scripture. Only the truly spiritual can access and decipher. Nope, I, I don't think that at all. We all have access to God through the same Spirit of God that Jesus had, and we're all able to read and interpret Scripture. That's another lens I have. The third lens that I'm aware of is this. That no true or good interpretation of Holy Scripture will ever lead us to do violence on ourselves, on our neighbor, or on this world. If anyone reads and interprets Scripture otherwise, they're incorrect. Now, this lens has a direct relationship to the posture of listening I spoke about a couple minutes ago. And while the posture of listening will create space wherein someone might offer a violent interpretation of Scripture... There is no way that that interpretation has to have an equal say in that circle. It is the facilitator's duty to move on. Correction can come afterward and probably needs to, but for the time being, giving space and time to violent interpretations of Scripture simply justifies it. That's my third lens. No true or good interpretation of Holy Scripture will ever lead us to do violence on ourselves, on our neighbors, or on this world. Now, I have many other lenses born out of my religious, spiritual traditions and my experiences in life, but these are the ones I'm aware of that help me guide my reading of Scripture. And so I ask, I wonder what your lenses are. I think it's worthwhile discovering them, and I'd like to teach you how. First, write your spiritual autobiography. Where did you come to know God? Who are your spiritual teachers? What are some spiritual challenges you faced? Did you know that you read scripture through the lens of your spiritual life? Here's another idea. Take time, a moment, and consider how you pray. How do you address God? Did you know that you read scripture through the lens of your belief in God? Get to know how you address God. Here's a third idea. Journal some of the injuries or wounds you have borne over your life. Because you read scripture through the lens of your pain as well. Here's number four. Find a way to describe the things that you're afraid of and the things you hope for. Find a way to describe your aspirations and your doubts. All of these are lenses through which you read scripture. 
And then once you have practiced this awareness and keep practice, keep practicing this awareness, then practice wondering. And once you have practiced wondering, continue to gaze through the words of Scripture and get a glimpse of the word, capital W, behind the word, lowercase w, the Christ behind the pages, the God behind the binding of your Bible, because that is the purpose, to see God and to become what you see. Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, the friend and helper of the world. Amen. Wow, Reverend David, thank you for that wonderful teaching on how to read the Bible, how to pay attention to our interpretive lenses, how to listen for what the Word of God is saying in the other around us with compassion and with an ear to learn and humility. Thank you. I wonder what you took from these lessons. I wonder what you're going to meditate on and what's going to stay with you and alter how you read the Bible. A reminder, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Leave some nice comments. It helps people discover us. Until we meet again, God bless.